You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have uh, walked and ministered in rural places and who are very comfortable and familiar with doing God's work in small towns and other out-of-the-way places. So if you're a uh, bivocational pastor or uh, a volunteer or a Sunday school teacher or even a deacon, we're just so happy that you're tuning in to hear wisdom uh, from people who have ministered in places just like you. I am your host, Joe Epley, and today we get to check in um, on a pastor by the name of Chuck Lewis, And uh, when I talked to him over the phone, I really enjoyed his story because he has a a unique experience of pastoring not necessarily being his first profession. And so um, I know that some of you out there might share that experience. And so uh, we're excited to dive into the conversation with him today. Uh, But as always, the first thing I want to say is, uh, hi, Pastor Chuck. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good today, too. You know, uh, I'm excited to be on this call with you. And uh, I'm excited about what you're going to share. And so uh, my first question, and I ask everybody this, can you take a few minutes here and describe your background in life and in ministry um, and your connection to the rural church? So tell us about you know, your first career and, and where you've been and what you've done and tell us about pastoring and just kind of give us that overview if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Well, uh, I've been married for 47 years and uh, we've got three daughters. We've got 16 grandkids, three great-grandsons, and two more great-grandkids on the way. Wow. So as we went through married life, I mean, I, I didn't have a job when we first got married, so I went right into the service yeah, oh, okay. and, and um, uh, spent time there. We spent two years overseas in, in uh, England and uh, just had a, had a great time. It, it really made me grow up because when my wife and I got married, she was 16 and I was 18. Hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of marriages don't stay together that long, but 47 years, we love each other. Absolutely. But uh, I was a, a, a truck driver. I am a retired now, but I had my own trucking company. About 30 years ago or so, I felt the calling, the first calling to become a pastor, and uh, I didn't act upon it. So I look at this as later in life as as getting a second chance because I uh, I got a second calling this time and, and, and I did uh, act upon it. And right now I'm the pastor of Living Springs Community Church in Red Cloud, Nebraska. I am just I'm happy to be here. I know that this is where God wants me to be. And the connection I have with the church is we are such a close family and you know, there's so much more uh, personal connection uh, with the congregation being a small church, you know, with a, with a large church. And there's nothing against large churches. Uh, you get great messages, but, you know, you've got the lead, the senior pastor and maybe several associate pastors. I think large churches lose the personalization. And that is what I really look forward to uh, in our small community church is the fellowship. And the closeness that we have. I mean, we consider each other uh, family. Uh, yeah, and I, I really love that perspective. You know, I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who grew up in a small town and is actually now kind of pastoring a megachurch. And uh, his take on and he said, you know, it's it's tough because um, he said in a small town, you naturally get to build these relational bridges and build that family atmosphere. And he said in a, in a larger church, you just have to work 
so much harder uh, to make that work. And so what a blessing it is to take advantage of that uh, in your context. Well, that's, uh, I mean, what a story, you know, I, I, I uh, really admire you for having, you know, you have this, this uh, career in the military and then also as a trucker and then, and then eventually step into ministry and, and uh, here you are, you know, on really your third, third job, third career here. And, uh, and uh, most of us only get one, you know, and so it's just really uh, exciting to hear your story and your journey. So, so obviously, you know, you experienced the call to ministry early on, but really didn't step into vocational ministry until later in life. Tell us what that call was like. And, and, you know, maybe from your first one to when you finally acted on it and what steps did you take to pursue it? Because there really are uh, pastors who might be kind of like where you were at, where saying, Hey, I, I know that I should go into ministry. It's later in life. But, but so what did you, what were the steps that you were able to take to, to make that a reality? Well, as I shared with you before, I was at an Assembly of God church that we were kind of told that the church was going to close. And I was running the sound booth at that time. It's like the Holy Spirit grabbing the back of my shirt and just lifted me up. And I said, that's not going to happen. Huh. I, I will go to school and I will become a, a, a pastor. And uh, so right immediately I pursued and I enrolled in uh, Global University down in Springfield, Missouri, got my credentials and became a, became a pastor. But I mean, it was exciting to me, you know, to be able to do this. But at first, I couldn't believe that I was going to do it. But I'm really glad uh, that I did do it. We need to step out and, and take that venture. And uh, I was I was studying Esther. Uh, it's basically what I'm going to be doing my sermon on this week. In, in chapter four, it talks about, okay, Esther's become queen and uh, her conversation with Mordecai. Mordecai is telling her that, you know, she needs to do this. She needs to go and speak with King Xerxes about, you know, to be able to uh, save the Jewish people. And uh, he mentioned to her that if she doesn't do it, you know, somebody else will. The Jewish people will will be delivered, but it'll be by somebody else if she doesn't do it. And then if she doesn't do it, that she's, you know, her and her family are going to uh, going to perish. So I look at it this way. When we have a chance and God's calling us, we need to step forward and do that. Because if we don't, somebody else will. And then we will not receive the blessings that God has for us. Yeah. And uh, just to give us some real practical details, how old were you when you started kind of your journey to get more education and credentials? Last Saturday, I turned 66. And I've been a pastor for roughly about three years. So probably about, I was roughly about 62. Nice. And how long did it take you? I mean, because again, I I want us to really create a pathway for people who want to pursue this. So obviously Global University, if people aren't familiar, is a distance education through the Assemblies of God. And uh, and how long did it take you to complete, you know, these classes? Was it affordable? You know, was it was it was it doable, I guess, is the question, you know? It is doable, and uh, I did I did the online classes. It, it, it is affordable. Of course, I I, I got the uh, the online class plus the book, and it was only hundred dollars per course, nice. which was really really reasonable. And you can do the course. You've got six months to complete that course. Yeah. Uh, so I really pursued it hard. I, I think it probably took me maybe a full year to complete the ten courses, and. Nice get my credentials. Yeah. And that's honestly, uh, again, I, the only reason I bring that up is because uh, sometimes people really might feel that call and they might just say, well, I feel the call, but how, you know, how can I make that a reality? And to hear you say that one, 
uh, I really love too, even when you you shared the story about how the church was maybe going to close and and you almost felt you know gripped by the call of God to say I I have to stand in that gap and I have to stand up and lead. And uh, and I would hope that there's other pastors and leaders out there who, or even potential pastors who might say, "Man, the Lord has gripped my heart for this local church, and how can I best um, fulfill that?" But the message we want to send today, and the message that your life speaks to us, is that it is doable and it is possible. Um, well, let's keep going with your journey. Um, and I think this this next perspective is uh, really cool um, to hear from. But what would you say has been one of your biggest struggles, right? Because obviously. Um, you're stepping into pastoral ministry. You've been at it three years. And uh, and so what has been one of your biggest struggles, uh, you know, as far as assuming the role and what? how has God helped you through it? Well, my biggest struggle is confidence within myself. Mm. I'm not new to God and I'm not new to God's word, but I am new to presenting God's word mm. uh, to a congregation, to the church. So it, it was challenging, but the confidence in myself of being able to do that, I, I couldn't believe or I had a hard time believing that God would choose me to help build his kingdom and to spread his word. So I'm going to say that that has been my biggest struggle, but I am overcoming it. And because, I mean, God has just melt, has just made me feel uh, at ease, relaxed. And through other people, I have just gotten messages of confidence about uh, what I'm doing and where our church is going. And so there is no doubt in my mind that God has me right where he wants me. Nice. And honestly, I, I love what you said there. You know, I think for a lot of pastors, it's easy to get trapped in that feeling of, of being an imposter, of saying, man, is it really me? Is it, Do I really have the qualifications to, to preach the word of God, to lead people but uh, to have other people, and I think that's hopefully an encouragement for other pastors as well as, and maybe tell me about your own experience, but but I feel like sometimes, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there's that step of faith aspect where you say, hey, I got to pursue this, mm -hmm. not knowing if it's going to work. But then it sounds like your life has really been God after you took that step of faith, really just sending confirmation after confirmation. Yes. Absolutely. Well, and I hope other pastors would be encouraged by that. So uh, let's talk about uh, prayer for a little bit, because um, I know that when we spoke on the phone, it was something that you were, um, you know, passionate about. And, and and obviously, spiritual disciplines affect us in different ways. Some people really love worship and some people really love the word. And it's not that those things aren't present, but it really sounded to me like prayer had stood out to you. So talk about prayer. How important has it been in terms of your personal life and also for your ministry? Oh, well, to me, prayer is personal and it's powerful. When we were newly married, our oldest daughter, she was uh, she was hit by a car when she uh, was crossing the street to go to the park and uh, broke her femur. And she was in a body cast and in traction for probably about six months. Wow. And, and that's, that's all I did was pray. You know, she she is perfectly fine. But probably the, the most recent and one of the most powerful ones that I have experienced is, <laughs> excuse me, with my older brother. Uh, we were in business together. Things happened. We parted ways. I bought the business out from him. And uh, he just absolutely did not like me at all. Mm. And, uh, I'm not going to say the feeling is mutual because I really didn't have hard feelings towards him. Sure. Uh, I would talk to him about Christ, but he wanted nothing to do with Christ. And I think I basically, 
he didn't want anything to do with me and we were too close. And so he was just kind of pushing me away and I was the wrong person talking to him. You know, it was so bad that he actually uh, told me to my face that if I never see you or speak to you again, he says, I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of hatred, you know, in, in this situation. So I just started an intercessory prayer every morning and every night when I would go to God, uh, just asking God to send somebody into his life that could, you know, help him. And it took two years. This didn't happen overnight. It took two years of constant intercessory prayer. And God sent Janine, who is his wife, his current wife now. And I tell you what, she has flipped his world upside down. (laughs) It is amazing. He loves God. When I go out to dinner with, we don't go anywhere without blessing food, you know, and his turnaround. Uh, it's it's just amazing. And our relationship is like nothing has ever happened. Wow. And you know God's involved when you speak with each other and you talk with each other and the past, it, you don't have a feeling about the past. And it, it, as far as my ministry uh, at the church, we have uh, prayer night every every Wednesday evening and uh we have been praying along with a lot of other prayers but one consistent prayer is is that our church would be opened up that we would be a beacon of light in this community and surrounding areas and we've been asking god to bring the lost the hurting the addicts you know we don't care what they look like how they're we care about their salvation and their spiritual, you know, being. Yeah, we care about them personally. But with without healing their spirituality, they're not going to be healed physically. And, and, and we are seeing God is bringing those people to our church. So if you come to our church, you're not going to be uh, see a bunch of people sitting around in nice clothes and ties. We don't care what you wear. We just care about you. Yeah. And honestly, uh, what a great testament. You know, I I uh, I have heard story after story, of course, as as we have as followers and belie- of Jesus and believers, um, of prayer working, you know, of God moving. And yet, um, with each new story, I never grow tired of them. I'm just like, man, prayer really is the engine that drives the church. It's our connection with God, and it's the base of our lives as we as we just seek Him and appeal to Him on behalf of all these different scenarios and situations that we face. We uh we have such a powerful prayer session, you know, at on Wednesday nights and even uh during our services too, that um we had a we had a two-year-old girl that uh, was in the hospital and they actually don't go to our church, but I was called to go see them because they are the grandchildren of a couple that attend our church. So I went up to the hospital and the little Kay, two years old, uh was in there and I was visiting with the parents and that, and when the doctor came in. She says, you know, I I haven't ever seen this in a child this young. She had kidney stones. Oh, wow. And she says that is so, so rare. And uh, so anyway, they they wanted to do further tests. And we prayed about it on our Wednesday night. The appointment, for whatever reason, was canceled. So they had another appointment. And uh, the next following Wednesday, when this couple came in, they said, well, she came out and said, I truly believe that that was canceled for a reason. So that when she goes back for this other visit, that those kidney stones are going to be gone. And we prayed about it. And when she went in for that test, those kidney stones were completely gone. They were nowhere. Oh, wow. I love that. And I love hearing that. Man, again, another encouragement. Prayer works and it always will. And and it's our job to be faithful. 
Um, so my last question I want to ask you today, and uh, it's a question that uh, comes, you know, with with um, age and wisdom and all those things. But I love, you know, I'm 31 years old, and I just love asking people who have loved Jesus longer than I have, who live more of light than me. What's a, a word of wisdom that you think you can share or something the Lord has taught, you know, you in your life or maybe your marriage? I mean, being married 47 years is no no small feat. Um, but what's a word of wisdom that you think could encourage other people or other pastors? Uh, I've been thinking about this, and to me, it kept coming back. You cannot do this alone. You just cannot do it alone. You know, I w- I, I, I've always said that I've always tried to work smarter instead of harder, not because I was lazy. I, I just wanted to be uh, smart about it. Everyone has the most powerful, loving, caring individual ever at their disposal and that is the lord jesus christ and if we make jesus our lord and savior and we call on him to help us get through this thing called life you know you you won't regret it right but we you know so many people uh put their security into their money or their homes or or whatever but the security is in jesus and we need jesus to help us but people think they they don't want to call on him. They they want to do it themselves. Right. Uh, maybe it's pride that's keeping them, you know. I can I can do this myself. I don't need help. But why not take the help from the most powerful individual ever? He's willing and he's waiting for you to come to him. Because Christ does not force himself on anybody. He's waiting for you to make the first step to come to him. And then he will draw closer to you. And when you accept him as Lord and Savior, and you're obedient to him, the blessings are going to be poured out upon you. Because how do you receive blessings? By being obedient to God. Mm, absolutely. And I think your life uh, more than backs that up. Again, as, as you mentioned, just with, with getting married young, so many opportunities to to have something like that unravel over life. And yet here you are with, with the help of Jesus, still married 47 years later. And even ministry, you know, what you said about confidence, I thought was really powerful. And uh, how else do you do ministry, you know, but except with the Lord and with the Lord's help. And what a great reminder. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Chuck, for being on the podcast today. I've really appreciated our conversation. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I mean, it's an honor. Awesome. Well, hey, from all of us at Real Advancement, uh, we just want to say one more time, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Again, it is our goal every single week to bring you content spoken right to where you're living and where you're ministering. And we hope that you've been challenged and encouraged and reminded that God is with you, that prayer works and that we can confidently step into the call of God on our lives. Uh, I have been your host, Joe Epley. He has been Pastor Chuck Lewis, and we will see you next week. 